Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. What up, Tiger Bombers? Let's continue the process. It's your boy, Ralph Lark, and you know I'm already pumped to talk about some Week 15 NFL action with you. We have no better way to spend my Saturday afternoon. Now, for those of you that are new, welcome to The Process. We continue along right here every week. And this is the one-stop shop for your DFS help as well as your seasonal fantasy help. And as we wind the season down, it's, it's week 15 is crazy. It seems like we were just in week five. But as we wind the season down, guys, be sure to continue along with the process and get the picks that are going to take you uh, into the DFS win column. Or if you're still playing for that championship gold in your season-long league, you know I got your back cover every week. So... You can hit the like or subscribe button in whatever app you're listening to me on, whether that's Spotify or iTunes or something like that. This way you don't miss any new episodes of the process. Of course, you can visit us on our webpage, www.tigerbombsae.com as well. We have a whole section for the process on the Tiger Bomb webpage because there's a ton of stuff at Tiger Bomb, not just fantasy sports. There's other things too. Check that out if you like. But if you... Click on the process page. You can listen to this podcast right there and see all the other cool info we have for you. Um, If you're big on Twitter or you need some last minute advice or you want to have some banter during the games on Sunday, be sure to hit the process up at the process TBSE, TBSAE. Hands down, tweeting is the easiest way to get those quick questions answered um, if you still got stuff lingering after the podcast. All right, now. To get down to the week, we got a lot of info to keep us ready for uh, week 15. We got some housekeeping to do just a little bit of. And then we're also going to play another round of Would You Rather, of course. And we will reload week 15 as well as talk about our DFS main slate picks for DraftKings. And we'll get it all covered like we do every week for y'all. And we'll start by going over this week's huge Thursday night NFL game. Week 15 kicked off on Thursday night uh, in a big way with the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. These teams hadn't played since week one when Kansas City walked away with the win in, in L.A. But it was a different story on Thursday night and what was an awesome treat of a game first and foremost Keenan Allen got hurt right away left the game I play sometimes like um, the showdown slates on DraftKings and stuff like that so it really stinks when you haven't plugged in and you know you got to take that zero as well as for seasonal people I know that hurts too he went down but that didn't stop Mike Williams from stepping up in a big way he had a three touchdown game two of those were receiving and he even caught a or he had like a um end around reverse for 19 yards just a big day for Mike Williams the former first rounder steps up for 76 yards on seven receptions and those two touchdowns and then the running touchdown Um, he was hot there was nothing they could do to stop him Um, you know the Kansas City Chiefs had some bright spots as well and they were out early in this game too not Damian Williams, we'll talk about him later, but Darrell Williams, who scored as well uh, off the screen pass from LSU, looked very impressive. I'm very high on him 
for a couple of reasons. One is he's got the size, two, he's got the pedigree, LSU, and three, he's not banged up as much like your Leonard Fournette um, and the guys that played in front of him. Darius Geis also played in front of him as well. So he's got less, you know, tread uh, that's been removed from those tires. I love it because he's used to that system, that format, could have excelled there. Um, now he has a chance to kind of get his workload in. So I don't know about like, you know, at this point in the season, but on to next year and even people playing in dynasty leagues, he's a big name to be looking at. I think there's a lot of upside right there. I noticed in the first half, Tiger Bombers, uh, the, the Chargers were over pursuing on the screens and the dump offs. And this is why you know, the Chiefs were able to easily move the ball down the field doing that. Mahomes was able to kind of work them up and down the field a little bit, which is what helped them get out to the early lead. Um, <clears throat> later on in the game, though, in the second half, to, to come out of the gates, the Chargers uh, just played a lot of more four-man rush and uh, no blitz. And But they got walked down the field doing that. They couldn't, you know, get any penetration. So what they ended up doing was playing more of a disguise bliss, sometimes sending just one guy, um, playing a lot of, um, I guess, 4-3, uh, and maybe sending one of the linebackers. So they were able to get more effective in the end, provide a little bit of pressure, which helped their team because they were able to get just the key one or two stops. They didn't have to stop the Chiefs all game, just, you know, on those key plays down the stretch there. Phillip Rivers um, had himself a decent game. He started off with that pick right away. But it was because he was aggressive he understood that to be to beat the Chiefs he was going to need to be aggressive especially on the road and he wasn't afraid to do it 26 to 38 for 313 yards and two touchdowns he did have those picks could have had a few more picks too but it was a pretty good day for him and he led from the front so to speak Damian Williams did have an awesome day he had just 10 carries for 49 yards but he got the two touchdowns in the second half. And he also uh, had six receptions for 74 yards. So a monster day for him. It's all about the system. We've been talking about this all year. And so I don't think the Chiefs really need to go do anything drastic in terms of adding players or thinking about adding running backs in the offseason. They've got a whole stable of dudes that could get the job done. It'll be up to them to sort out, you know, who it is that they want to turn to. But he looked very impressive in Ware's absence. The Kansas City defense, they had bad tackling, high tackling. They, they didn't look interested in being aggressive at times. And that's what led to a lot of yards after catch and a lot of yards after contact for the Chargers, which really helped them move the ball down the field um, after the sort of play should have been dead, in my opinion. Um, old man Gates looked great. He... <laughs> He did his part, right? I mean, he's out there giving them everything. Four receptions for 54 yards. I mean, uh, he even had a 22-yarder. The dude, uh, and he caught off four, five, tar five targets, I'm sorry, so four or five targets. But he looked pretty darn good for a 38-year-old tight end uh, at the end of his rope there. And uh, I do think it was a bad uh, pass interference call in the end zone against Kansas City in the end there to set up the charges for the for the you know eventual touchdown and then the tie and two point conversion. Um, they could have even called on the two point conversion the um, the push off, but I don't know. Um, in the end, it was impressive. I'm not going to take away from the win for the Chargers, which 
you know, gives them a, or continues a lot of momentum for them. This team is hot right now. I don't think anybody wants to play them, and they're just going to continue rolling along. But what a great uh, game to get us started for Week 15, and we can only hope that the rest of these games stack up in the very same way. Housekeeping, me fluff pillow, me fix your team. All right, so for housekeeping this week, we've got just a couple of notes, if you will, um, <clears throat> because all along we've just been on our game all year. So I'm noticing that, you know, what we need to discuss in this ultra important section just kind of dwindles down. Because at this point, we're just poised for victory, which is very cool. So I hope you've been along on that ride. But there's two big things we need to discuss this week. One is specifically for the daily fantasy world. And we're going to talk about stacking your, uh, I guess, running back and quarterback position or any other position that makes sense when you think about like the, the way the game should play. So what I mean by that, for example, is a, a very good example of this is this week we had the Philadelphia Eagles going to, going to visit the Rams for a game that they are the underdogs in. The Rams should win this one. They're heavily favored. So if you think about it, what should happen, right? Potentially they score a lot of points. They get up. Um, and then they, you know, kind of want to work the clock a little bit more, maybe lean on the run game a little bit more, something like that, right? So in that aspect, then Todd Gurley is pretty valuable because, you know, he's going to see a lot of that work uh, as opposed to them, you know, continually to force it down the field in the second half. And they've got some other injured running backs. So it's really going to, he's going to have to shoulder as much as he can. Plus, they want to get them back on track after a couple off weeks here. They're looking to establish what they do really good, which is run the football. And as far as um, <clears throat> stacking him with Nick Foles, think about the other way, right? So if the Rams get out early and they're ahead, then the Philadelphia Eagles are playing from behind. For most of the game and so they're gonna have to pass more and so Foles is now more valuable so when you think about get, you know construction of a daily fantasy lineup construction for like say that's because I think that's like a Sunday night game or something like that you could do like the showdown slate but you want to think about stacking you know those guys like that potentially for your advantage so just one concept as I promised last week that every week we would kind of do more and more of the daily stuff to get us ready uh, you know as the seasonal winds down so just one more thing to help you think about um, a different way of attacking this is separating yourself from all the people out there that are going to start switching over and playing more of that as well all right tiger bombers only one more thing that we need to discuss in our housekeeping this week because you guys should have pretty tighty houses at this point and we're just going to take a closer look at the AFC playoff picture. We'll do the NFC next week, but this week we'll take a closer look at the AFC um, playoff picture here. And right now the Chiefs, with that loss, you know, they still have clinched a, a playoff spot, of course. Um, and so right now we're juggling to see if they can get home field advantage. And they've got to keep pace, right? So I don't think they're going to necessarily 
be afforded the opportunity to be sitting folks they got to play some football um but you know next up they got seattle so it should be a pretty interesting game it's a you know they got a tough little end of the road here anything could happen um the new england patriots we know they got the steelers on sunday and that was a surprising loss to the dolphins but their backs are against it now they really can't have uh another loss that puts things into a real predicament for them if they do they don't want to have to go into wild card scenario so they're going to do everything they can to keep pace but at nine and four you know still not out of talk of home field but definitely can't be you know they're looking over their shoulder houston i realize they're playing right now i'm not watching that game so uh, but I know they're playing right now in nine and four. They're still in the talk as well. And then the Steelers at seven, five and one, um, you know, they're on a three game losing streak. But they and obviously they're not looking at a first round bye at this point, probably, but still playoff bound. So they've got, you know, this to look forward to and this to think about as they go forward through the weeks here. And they're going to try to maintain their composure. And you better believe that Sunday's a heavyweight matchup between them and the New England Patriots. Um, the Chargers, they're in that first wild card spot at this moment, just at this moment. But 11 and 3, man, I mean, um, <clears throat> they've really been impressive down the stretch and they look like the team to beat. So we got to keep an eye on that. That second space would be Baltimore at the moment at 7 and 6. They played well. I don't think Flacco is going to be back on the field because of this. And, you know, they're going to try to stick to this thing and ride it out. But on their coattails are the Indianapolis Colts, the 7-6, and six, and the Miami Dolphins at 7-6. and six. So all these teams, it's the playoffs already, right? The Tennessee Titans are also right there at 7-6. and six. They cannot afford to lose any of those teams. So they're all neck and neck, and things are going to start to kind of unfold a little bit on Sunday. For, for the Denver Broncos and the Cleveland Browns, they face each other this week, and they're also in the hunt at 6-7 and seven, and 5-7-1. and one. So... One of their dreams are definitely going to be dashed by the end of Saturday night. Um, out of all these people at the sort of tail end right here, I can't see my Dolphins having enough mustard to make it. The Titans, I can't see leapfrogging the Colts. And I don't know if the Ravens have enough steam to hold on. I really do think that the Colts are, you know, the, the team as far as separation between all the rest of these teams vying for that sixth and final playoff spot in the AFC. But this is why we play at Tiger Bombers. That's just that's just what it looks like on paper. Who knows what could happen? Anybody could step up. It's playoff time, which is really exciting. But those are our housekeeping notes for week 15. Now your houses are in order and we can march forward. Let's play a round of would you rather. Welcome to another round of Would You Rather on the process. Here are some interesting situations that I've seen come up this week. First up, would you rather start Jarvis Landry at the Denver Broncos or Allen Robinson versus the Green Bay Packers? I think Landry, I, I love that he bounced back last week. I think that he somehow finds a way to have another decent game this week. But ultimately, I will take Allen Robinson. I'm not afraid of Jair Alexander. And I think that he can have himself a pretty good game. Next up, would you rather start Tevin 
Coleman versus the Cardinals or Jordan Howard versus the Packers. And this is a close one, um, but I think I like Edo Smith more than Coleman this week, so I'm going to go with Jordan Howard. I don't think the Bears – I like him. Uh, hopefully the Bears are smart enough to use him again. He had a good week last week, but I think that he's in a better spot. If I had to pick between the two, I would probably go with Jordan Howard. All right, next up, would you rather Tevin Coleman again versus the Arizona Cardinals or Doug Martin at the Cincinnati Bengals? I'll go with Doug Martin. He's in a good spot, and he's been producing as of late, and I think he can keep it rolling this week. He's been very consistent. He'll get more share of the work than Coleman. That's what I'm really worried about with Coleman. It's not that I don't like him. He just doesn't get a, a lot of share of the work, so I'll go with Doug Martin. All right, next up, would you rather start Eric Ebron versus the Dallas Cowboys or Tyler Lockett at the San Francisco 49ers? And this is a good one. It's presumably would be something like a flex spot or something like that. And I'll have to go with Ebron just because he's sure to get looks. T.Y. Hilton's banged up. Um, Eric Swoop was just claimed. I mean... They go to him. They're going to go to him. There's going to be volume with Luck. We know that. Tyler Lockett has been very impressive. Um, and what he, his, his whole efficiency has been incredible. But he's not going to get the volume that Ebron does. Ebron's leading the league. Tie with Antonio Brown for 12 touchdowns. I'll go with Ebron. All right, next up. Would you rather start Mike Evans at the Baltimore Ravens or Tyler Lockett? versus the San Francisco 49ers. Um, <clears throat> Lockett, I mean, this isn't even a, a close one here. I think Evans is going to have a tough day against Baltimore, and I take Lockett. All right, next up, Stefan. Would you rather start Stefan Diggs versus the Miami Dolphins or Tariq Cohen versus the Packers? And, you know, in this one, I think... I would rather go with, I'll go with Diggs by a little bit. I'd roll Cohen down. I think Cohen can have a good game. But I'm going to go with Diggs because I think Thielen is the one that doesn't benefit from, I, I think the coverage that Miami can lend, I think goes to Thielen this week. And so I think Diggs can have a good game. I'll go with Diggs. All right, next up, would you rather start Julio Jones versus the Arizona Cardinals? or Devontae Adams at the Bears. And I'm going to go with Adams. I think that he has the uh, least path of resistance in terms of what the two of them will face. Julio gets a lot of Patrick Peterson this week. Um, I don't think that's insurmountable for him, but of the two, I could see Adams having a much better day, so I'll go with Adams. And then our final conundrum here, would you rather in Week 15 start Zach Ertz at the Los Angeles Rams or... George Kittle versus the Seattle Seahawks. Not a conundrum for me. I'll go with Zach Ertz in this one. I know people have been down on him, and they're going to be very high on Kittle coming off of last week, but this is a tough matchup for him against this Seattle unit, and I think Ertz is in a much better place, and I do think that um, Nick Foles is going to have to get it out quickly, and a part of that's going to be checking down and getting it to Ertz. So there you go. Now you know who I would rather start for week 15, and I hope that gives you a better idea of who you would rather start for week 15.
and now it's time for the process to reload. Alright, time for us to get it. First up, Houston, Texas at the New York Jets, and I realize you guys are watching this game or have watched this game, but I've been in the midst of all this, so I have not, and I did make my picks ahead of time, scouts honor, so here we go. Um, Houston is a minus seven point favorite in this one on the road against the Jets. I think Deshaun Watson should do enough, but not go off. Lamar Miller will have a decent day on the ground. Um, it's a run-heavy offense, and they do this to open things up for Watson and, um, and DeAndre Hopkins. No Kiki Kuti in this one. He's out with the injury, so I think Demarius Thomas, if they could put him in the slot versus Buster Screen, that's where this Jets defense is a little more vulnerable, not on the outside. The Jets are giving up the second most fantasy points per game in the slot. That's 25.1, so that's what I'm thinking there. But DeAndre Hopkins certainly in play. Um, the Texans defense, they have had six interceptions and two defensive touchdowns in the last four games, so I'd say they're in play as well. On the other side of things for the Jets, I do like Chris Herndon. That's the way to attack this Texans defense if there is one, so I would go with him. Um, Elijah McGuire's job now, they put Crowell on the uh, injured reserve list, but not this week. I don't think he's going to find enough room. I do like Robbie Anderson over the top. I think Kareem Jackson is a great corner. But it's when he can keep everything in front of him. And Robbie Anderson's got blistering speed. And I think he'll be able to get it done over the top. And I think in this one, they go on the road and keep positioning themselves for the playoffs. Texans win. Reload. All right, our next game is the Cleveland Browns at the Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos are a minus two and a half point favorite. Um, I think they may be able to... Uh, beat the line here, but the Browns have not been good on the road. Baker is going to struggle, I think. Um, Jarvis Landry's in play. I think Nick Chubb is in play too. They'll use him to establish the run to, to again try to stay balanced. Um, and Joku is in yet another good spot, but I don't think he'll do it yet again. So I can't recommend him. On the other side of things, I do like Philip Lindsay. Um, I think he'll find room on the ground. Case Keenum and Cor- Cortland Sutton will both bounce back. They won't have dreadful days like last week. I like Deshaun Hamilton, but not Tim Patrick this week. And uh, I do think the Broncos get the win in this one. Reload. All right, our next game is the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. Chicago's are minus, Chicago is a minus five-point favorite. And the Packers have been pitiful on the road this year. Um, so they this is a you know a pretty big challenge for them. Rodgers and Cobb are gonna benefit from the loss of Bryce Callahan in the slot for the Bears. Um, Sheriff McManus will try to step up and replace him. Um, Chicago's just allowed one passing score over the last three games. So, you know, these are big shoes for Sheriff McManus to fill into, uh, you know, in terms of being a part of this unit that's been so dominant. I think there's going to be some give now because of the injury to Callahan, though. And that's going to be for Kyle when he's in the slot. Devontae Adams in play for sure. Um, Aaron Jones is in a tough spot. I'd be fading him if I had the choice. I think Trubisky is going to continue to struggle. Um, the Bears should pound away with Jordan Howard to take the pressure off of Trubisky, but I don't think they will. I think Tariq Cohen's in a good spot. They'll need to use him to keep pace uh, in terms of his pass-catching abilities. Um, I don't think Trey Burton's in play. Fade him again this week. Just uh, not a way to attack this defense. But uh, Allen Robinson... 
Again, I mentioned earlier, he's going to seal out of Jair Alexander, but he should still be fine. Taylor Gabriel as well. Look, the bottom line is this. The Packers have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to receivers this season. So I think these guys are in play. Big game for the Bears, the psyche, their mentality. This is a big one for them. Just as big as last week in terms of this heated, you know, Midwestern Bears-Packer rivalry, if you don't know about it. I think they play extremely aggressive defensively, and I do think they pull the win out. Bears win. Reload. Next game, Miami Dolphins at the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota is a minus 7.5 point favorite. Both teams are terrible on the road, which means this sucks for Miami right here. Um, Tannehill has been skating, okay? But he has the chance to get exposed this week. He will not score three touchdowns again this week like he has the past couple of weeks. Minnesota has allowed just three touchdowns to Whiteouts over the last nine games. So that's not happening, all right? Um... No run game for Miami this week either, I think. Minnesota is stout on the ground, all right? And men, and Miami does not have an overpowering run game. I don't think they're going to find a lot of room. Now, in terms of, I've been hearing a lot about Xavier Rhodes and how he's going to shadow Devontae Parker. Why would he shadow Parker? I think that he would go with Kenny Stills, who's proven to be much more of a dangerous threat. So I would fade Kenny Stills. Um... Dalvin Cook's in play. Uh, Miami's dreadful against the run. I think he can have himself a pretty good day. That Their run funnel defense. Kirk Cousins is going to continue to struggle. This Viking offense is struggle right along with them. Only the Jaguars, Cardinals, and 49ers averaged fewer points during the last month than the Vikings. So, I, you know... Minnesota or Miami's not, uh, you know, the worst team in the world on defense. It's not going to be easy for him. Uh, Diggs, I like. Thielen, not so much because I think Minka Fitzpatrick will help on Thielen. Xavier and Howard is out, so he can't be there to shadow Diggs. So I think Diggs has himself a day. Kyle Rudolph's in a good spot. Miami's giving up the third most fantasy points per target to tight ends. So. Cousins, if you're scared, bro, look to that tight end. He's going to be right there on the check down for you. And then I think the Vikings defense are in a good uh, position as well. But ultimately, Miami falls flat on the road yet again. Vikings win. Reload. Next game, uh, Detroit Lions at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo's a minus two and a half point favorite in this one. There should be some pretty bad weather in this game, too. I'm going to say no to Matt Stafford. Um, there's too much going on here. There's not enough healthy receiving options. So, And the ones that he's got, the receivers he's got, they're going to be covered really well. Kenny Galladay, he's going to be shadowed by Tredavious White. So I don't want any part of that. White's been pretty darn good this year. And everybody else is not good enough to get the job done. I think Zinner's in play on the ground. Um, the Buffalo Bills, as far as they're concerned, the way to attack their defense would be on the ground. And Zinner... I think we'll get the shot again this week after last week. The Lions' defense is in play. The last two weeks, Buffalo's turned the ball over six times. Josh Allen's accounted for five of those. Allen's been sacked five times in those games. And uh, they'll be without LaShawn McCoy as well. So I like the Lions' defense. Um, Josh Allen, though, he differentiates himself with the rushing ability. He's He's got this... He 335 yards over the past three games, which is prolific at the quarterback position. Um, that's 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 awesome. Um, entering last week, Detroit owned uh, Pro Football Focus's second worst coverage grade and third worst pass rush. So, you know, I think that Josh Allen could find a little room. I like Robert Foster, 
but not Zay Jones. Zay Jones is not that good. I think Foster has found, um, he's, well, I think he has uh, shown the ability to get open, and he's moving to that number one slot. I don't think that the run game is going to be there for Buffalo. McCoy's hurt. He's not playing. Ivory leads an ineffective group of guys. I don't know what they'll be able to accomplish there. But um, Matt Patricia has seen the Bills a ton of times as a member of the Patriots coaching staff. And I think that's the difference maker here as the Lions win. Reload. Next game is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Baltimore Ravens. And the Baltimore Ravens are a minus 7.5 point favorite. You know, everything for Tampa Bay starts with that passing game, and it's just not going to be there this week against this stingy Ravens defense. If anybody, I think maybe Humphreys could be okay, but I'm but I'm passing on Godwin and Mike Evans this week. Um, just such a tough matchup. Cameron Brait, though, um, I think he's in play. If you heard what I've been saying about him over the past couple of weeks, it's like I've been waffling, but it's like... You know, he still is extremely touchdown dependent. All right, that's still true. But Baltimore is a bit of a tight end funnel. So I think that, you know, Jameis Winston is going to be forced to throw to him to matriculate the ball down the field too. So he's got a reason to look to him more often than just the end zone and in the end zone as well. So I like Cameron Brait a little bit more this week. Lamar Jackson's in play. Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon together. I think that they will you know, ultimately provide good uh, traction with the run game. But, like, in terms of DraftKings, I couldn't recommend either one because we need home runs. And, you know, I think that the way that Edwards is declining and Dixon is climbing is problematic for Edwards' production. So I want to stay away in the DFS format. But for seasonal, they both should be all right. Um, I do like the Ravens' defense a lot in this one. I think the defense steps up and Lamar Jackson does just enough for a Ravens' win. Reload. The next game, uh, Arizona Cardinals at the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta's are, Atlanta is a minus 9.5 point favorite in this game. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of running in this one from both teams. Uh, I think the clock's going to move fast as both teams try to grind it out. Um, David Johnson, he's in play. They truly have no choice due to Cardinals. Uh, I, th- I think I would say double-digit fantasy points, I'll promise at least. So, you know, that could be 20, right? But that could also be 10, okay? Uh, Atlanta has been attacked on the ground with the third highest run rate during the last five weeks. They enter this week with the 10th, their 10th among running backs in fantasy scoring and leads all players in touch. In t- oh, I'm sorry, David Johnson enters this week 10th among running backs in fantasy scoring and leads all players and team touch share in addition to that whole attack rate against Atlanta. So I think it shapes up well for him, and they got to use him. Larry Fitzgerald's in play, five touchdowns in his last seven games. The Falcons in the past three seasons, they rank bottom six in fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers out of the slot. Fitzgerald runs 76% of his slots, uh, his roots out of the slot. So I like Larry Fitzgerald this week. And then I'm going to go with, finally, Ito Smith and just fades having Coleman. I've recommended Coleman a few times. I've been vultured by Ito, so screw it. I'll try it the other way around. The Cardinals' run defense is grading third worst and facing the third highest opponent run rate. Uh, Arizona has given up the fifth fewest fantasy points per drop back to opposing quarterbacks this season. So I think that, you know, 
the path of least resistance is the run and not the pass. I think that, you know, in terms of having Matt Ryan just sling it a bunch of times against them, they're going to try to run it a little bit more. Um, it'll be a tougher day for him, for Matt Ryan, and the Falcons will have to run, open things up for him by running that football. In seven of the last ten games, the Cardinals have given up a rushing touchdown, so all the more reasons to run the football there. Now, the Cardinals' defense have allowed five scores uh, over the last three weeks in a league-high 1,618 yards allowed on the year to running back. So, you know, or for the running defense. Yeah, so it's looking like a good scenario to run the football. This is why I say I'll take Edo Smith. But certainly if you got Tevin Coleman and you're in a pinch, you can play him too. I'm fading Hooper this week. Um, Patrick Peterson versus Julio Jones, like I mentioned, it's a tough battle, but Julio's still in play. You should certainly say he's in play every week. He can still get his, so he's a good GPP contrarian play it'll scare some people off but shouldn't scare you off Calvin Ridley also in play I think as well I would be taking a shot on him this week and then the Falcons defense they're the uh, horribly ranked defense but they're just in a good spot at home this week Josh Rosen is lining up behind an offensive line that started three rookies last week and lost to the Lions Um, the Arizona offense has allowed double digit fantasy points to all before defenses they face this year. So I think the Falcons are finally in a good spot. So in the DFS world, you can pay down for them and you shouldn't get burned. The Cardinals are terrible and Atlanta is a little less terrible. So I'll take the Falcons in this one. Reload. All right, our next game is the Oakland Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Cincinnati Bengals are a minus three-point favorite in this one. I think the line is interesting for sure. Um, I don't know why they would be favored. Uh, Carr has been doing all right lately. The Raiders have offensively been coming on a little bit. Uh, They've been putting it together. The Bengals' defense has given up the second-most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Carr's last two games combined, he's 54-72 for 607 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. Eight games in a row without throwing an interception now. So, yeah, I don't know why they're favored here, and I think Derek Carr's in a really good spot. Doug Martin is as well. He's averaging 17 carries and one target and 12 fantasy points per game over his last two games. So, picture of consistency, I think that they provide that balance of offense you're looking for. And Jared Cooks in play as well as Seth Roberts as far as the passing game goes. On the other side of things, Tyler Boyd is in a good spot too. Um, I like him a lot for daily fantasy purposes as well. Load him up. Joe Mixon also in a really good spot. The Raiders run defense is terrible. You could also make the argument though that people are also running the ball against them after they're up, after they've pounded them already. But you know the reality is the Raiders run defense is also allowing 4.9 yards per carry. So. Mixon's in a good spot. I cannot tell you to play Uzoma. He's in a good spot, but he fails so much. So we just faded. And if he goes off, bless him. Bless those people. But I can't tell you guys to play him. You could play John Ross instead. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw an explosion of points in this one. Carr's been playing really well. I think that they can win this game. Raiders win. Reload. Next game is the Tennessee Titans at the New York Giants, and the Tennessee Titans are minus one favorite. Titans aren't good on the road, though. Um, Derrick Henry, I I think he's in a good spot. He's not going to go off like he did last week, but he is a nice play against a unit that is bad against the run. 
Tennessee is now a top five no huddle offense for the season. 12% of the time on offense, they no huddle. Trying to really recreate a picture of consistency for, I think, Mariota from what he's used to in Oregon, which isn't too bad of an idea. I can't tell you which of Mariota's weapons will have the best day or even be productive. So I would just tell you to play him naked, meaning without, you know, any attachment to the receivers, but fade those other guys. Um, And then that way you minimize your risk, but you still get some exposure to the offense. Largely with Odell Beckham Jr. now out, I expect a close defensive affair as far as this one goes. The Titans' defense are in a good spot. They've given up less than 20 points five of the last seven weeks, and partly uh, because of Jayon Brown, the rookie uh, linebacker. His slot coverage has been impeccable. He's only allowed one reception, which is the best um, uh, average among all NFL linebackers, so... That's pretty darn good. On the other side of things, the Giants. I like Saquon Barkley. He's gotten his against every team this year. So that is the main reason to play him anyway, even though it doesn't look like a great spot on paper. He's the only show in town with OBJ Hurd, so load him up. Evan Ingram is a fade against this Tennessee defense. They do not, they're pretty stingy against the tight end, so I'll pass. Sterling Shepard, though. Um, I know it didn't work last week, but if you're, you know, you're hurting, you're desperate, you could take a shot there. Giants defense, I think, can play again. They were a top three fantasy producer in weeks 10 through 14 with 14 sacks and 12 turnovers and three defensive touchdowns. So for two of those home games during that stretch, the Giants had six sacks, seven turnovers, and two defensive touchdowns. In their last two road games, the Titans have allowed 11 sacks and they have three turnovers. So the Giants defense are in a really good spot. I think in this one, Tennessee barely pulls it out somehow in the game. They must have Titans win a very close one. Reload. All right, our next game is the Washington Redskins at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are minus seven and a half point favorite. Josh Johnson should get the start, but he's not in play here this week. Nothing to like about the Redskins offense all around. I think Chris Thompson might not play. If anything, Vernus Davis, if you, Vernon Davis, if you really need a reach, if you're hurting, you could try to plug him in. Uh, but I do like the Redskins defense. If they can, if it stays close, um, I think it'll be because of this unit. Over their last four games, the Jaguars have allowed 16 sacks and turned the ball over five times. So the Redskins are in play. On the Jaguars side of the football, I really like Leonard Fournette. Jacksonville is gonna allow Kessler to lean on the run game, so. As long as the offensive line keeps it together for the Jaguars, they can win this one in a low-scoring affair. Washington defense, um, they, they've been, they've, oh, they've got some deficiencies, I'll say. Um, since week nine, they've given up 30.5 fantasy points per game and 5.34 yards per carry to enemy running backs. So Leonard Fournette can have a pretty good game. I think D.D. Westbrook's an okay play if you're in a pinch. The Jaguars' defense are in a really good spot, though. The Redskins are, um, over the last four weeks, they've allowed 16 sacks, nine turnovers, and two defensive touchdowns. So you can plug them in. Jacksonville wins this one in an uninciting fashion behind the run game and solid defense. Reload. Next game is the Dallas Cowboys at the Indianapolis Colts. 
the Colts are minus three-point favorite. This should be a fun one. Um, I do think Zeke Elliott is in play, not only running but catching passes specifically against the Colts' defense. Um, Dak continues to lead his team. He's in play for sure. Amari Cooper is also in play. He scored six times in his six games as a Cowboy. We're averaging over 100 yards per game, and he's uh, wide receiver one over his time there so just a complete turnaround for him nothing not to like about that that's why he's in play if you're wondering and Andrew Luck on the other side of things is in play the Colts are currently second in the league with 41.2 pass attempts per game so you know they're going to try to you know uh, let him do his thing and and get the ball and and pass as many times as he sees fit so he can plug him in for sure he's getting that top-notch value in production T.Y. Hilton may be a fade. He's banged up, and he's going to see some tight coverage if he does play from this Dallas secondary. They've got some pretty stout guys back there, so I don't know how much success he'll have this week. But Eric Ebron's in play. He faces the Cowboys defense that allowed five touchdowns to tight ends over the last six weeks. So it looks like he's in a good spot to get another one and continue to lead the league. Uh, it's going to be too much Andrew Luck in this game. Um the Colts need to find a way to, to get let him do his thing. And he's going to do that to keep his playoff hopes alive. He's going to do what it takes. The Cowboys have secured a little breathing room in the division. And I think they slip up here on the road in Indy and the Colts win. Reload. Next game is the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. And the Seahawks are a minus three and a half point favorite. Russell Wilson's in play, though. He faced San Francisco just two weeks ago and tossed four touchdowns against them at home. Uh, But I just wonder how much they'll need him. I mean, I think they win this one handily, so maybe Chris Carson is in play more. I wouldn't take my chances on Mike Davis, though, but the idea will be to pound the rock against, uh, you know, for the Seahawks. So you can if you're desperate. If you're in a pinch, you can play Mike Davis. Tyler Lockett, though, always in play, it seems. Among the 64 wide receivers with at least 50 targets through 14 weeks, only Michael Thomas has caught a higher percentage of his targets. Lockett's average depth of target is 13.4 yards in over 5 yards higher than Thomas's mark of 8.2 yards. He's got a perfect passer rating for Russ Wilson when he's looking at him. That's for 57 targets. He's got 49 receptions on those 57 targets for 755 yards, nine touchdowns, and none of the passes thrown his way have been intercepted. This is what we mean when we say he's been very, very efficient with the small amount of looks that he's had. And you see how he stacks up against, you know, a guy with uh, a lot of looks and a lot of production, Michael Thomas. Just incredible numbers right there. So he's in play. The Seattle defense is in play, too. They should have a decent showing. They're facing this 49ers offense um, that they were able to uh, notch three sacks and three takeaways against just two weeks ago. So they're looking to show up again. George Kittle's a fade for me, as I mentioned earlier. The combination, I don't know who's going to get it. I couldn't tell you. Matt Burita or Fred Wilson, I don't know. But whoever's running it should be all right. The Seattle defense has given up the fifth most fantasy points per touch to running backs. They just don't let you score touchdowns on the ground. But they'll run a little bit. I think Dante Pettis is in play. Uh, Pierre Garçon is still out. So they'll be playing from behind. I think Pettis can continue his recent strong play in this one. And I'll fade Mullins. That's a fade for me in a game ultimately that the uh, Seattle Seahawks are going to win and keep rolling. Reload. Next game should be a fun one. The uh, New England Patriots are on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Patriots are minus two and a half point favorites on the road. 
Tom Brady's in play. The Steelers have been attacked through the air at the league's second highest rate, um, 63.5%. That's because they stopped the run and they stuffed the run so well. So most teams are inclined to pass. And so Brady's in play. Gronk's in play. And I think Edelman as well. But you should be fading Josh Gordon, in my opinion. Joe Hayden, is sh- he's going to shadow him, it looks like. And Joe Hayden is shadowed in five games this year. So he held the combination of Julio Jones, A.J. Green, John Brown, Devin Funches, and Keenan Allen to just 136 yards and one touchdown. So this is why I'm saying I'm fading Josh Gordon. Um, James White, maybe. I think he may be in play a bit. Largely not interested in the New England running back carousel, but he is the pass catcher. And I think Brady checks down to him when the Steelers are blitzing, as they tend to love to do. So maybe James White. On the other side of things, James Conner, Jalen Samuels, this is another weird scenario like the 49ers backfield where we don't know who's going to be playing. Now Conner may play. It's a game time thing, so you got to watch it. But whoever gets it, I think, is in a pretty decent spot. Big Ben is in a good spot, too. Ben Roethlisberger. Um, The Steelers have a 71.8% pass rate over the last five weeks, so they're just slinging it, right? Um, the, the New England Patriots have a coverage grade that's second in the league. So that's true. They can be pretty stout in coverage. But their pass rush is fifth worst. So I think Ben's going to have a lot of time to look back there and pick them apart. Um, Big Ben has been on a roll. He ranks only behind Patrick Mahomes in fantasy points per game. He's averaging 27. So dude's in play for sure. Juju Smith-Schuster. I think the Patriots try to bracket him with the corner and the safety. Um... And, and, and they let Stephon Gilmore fend for himself against Antonio Brown. So I think Juju can have a decent day, but not great. He's not going to go off. Switzer's in play, I think. Um, he's going he's gonna to be the beneficiary of tough coverage to Juju as well as Brown. So I like Switzer. Um, Vance Donalds is also in play as well. He could maybe see some check down looks. And as I mentioned, Antonio Brown is going to see some one-on-one with Stephon Gilmore. But he'll be okay, although this is a tough matchup. He's still in play for sure. I'll take the Steelers at home, but not without some fireworks in a very close game. Steelers win. Reload. Next game is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Los Angeles Rams. And in this one, uh, the LA Rams are a minus 13 point favorite. Um, Carson Wentz is out. Nick Foles is in. And this may be better for the offense. Look, you know, something to freshen it up. A little change of pace. Snap them out of the doldrums a little bit here. So we'll see what Nick Foles has in this same role he played last year. I like Josh Adams in this one. Maybe try to run a little bit more to ease Foles in. And, you know, the Bears have showed last week what you could do a little bit uh, in terms of the run game against the Rams. So don't shy away from that. Go on ahead and try and do that. I like Josh Adams. I like Zach Ertz. I would go back to him this week. I think that is the way to attack this Rams defense. The Bears didn't do it, but I do like Ertz. And I think that Nick Foles will be smart enough to look for him. Alshon Jeffrey, I think, is in play as well on the outside. On the other side of things, I do like Todd Gurley for the Rams. Um, I think that Jared uh, Goff is in play as well. All his receivers are in play. Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, and Brandon Cooks. All these guys are in play. The Eagles have allowed three receiving scores to wideouts in two of their last four games. So all these folks are in play. After a tough loss in Chicago last week, I think... Los Angeles gets back on track, and the Rams win. Reload. 
And then our final shot here, guys. It's our final one. Get in the chamber. Here we go. It's the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. And this will be a tighter game than people think. Um, the Panthers are better at home. But I do like Mark Ingram in this one and Alvin Kamara, the combination. Maybe even more so Ingram. I think he can actually get in the, um, in the box again this week for a touchdown. Michael Thomas in play. Plug him in for sure. The Saints defense is also in play. Listen. If y'all don't know, the Saints, they finished as a top 12 scoring defense in each of the last five weeks, putting up 24 sacks with 12 turnovers in those games. Those are top five defensive uh, unit numbers over that time. So I'm with it. Uh, You could plug them in. I think they're in play. On the other side of things, Christian McCaffrey's in play. And I think more so for his pass catching ability than just straight running against the Saints defense. But you can certainly use him. Dude's going to be out there tussling it up. And I like Curtis Samuel. Um, he's seen at least eight targets and total 80-plus yards in back-to-back games. He's also found the end zone in five of his last six, so you got to plug him in. I think Ian Thomas, too, is a check down. We know that um, Cam Newton's a wounded warrior right now, so that check down to Ian Thomas is looking more and more appealing, I suppose, right? So I like him. He's in play. And then speaking to Cam, Cam is still serviceable. He's not dead. He's still out there. They're putting him out there, and you should too if you have him. You didn't draft him as highly as you did, and if you're in the playoffs or in the championship rounds now, you don't, you can't not play him. You got to play him, and he's facing the Saints. They've allowed the fourth most fantasy points per drop back to opposing quarterbacks, so don't be afraid. Don't shy away from it, but I think the Panthers make this one interesting, but ultimately the Saints win, and that is it. That is our reload segment for week 15, so good luck to you guys, and I hope that That provides us all with the information we need to get the edge on the competition. Time for the DFS DraftKings main slate picks for this week. We'll give you cash game picks. We'll give you GPP picks. And we'll give you high and we'll give you low picks for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defense. Let's go. So finally, to wrap us up this week, we have our DFS main slate look for week 15 on DraftKings. And um, last week was pretty good for me as well. I used the cash cash game to cover. In my GPPs, I fell you know, just short a little bit, but it was still um, a really powerful week. And it was another one of those weeks where I had a 190 lineup, just not in enough good contests. So we've been having really good results um, after two weeks ago throwing up a kind of a dud week so I'll take that one blip and keep rolling so what I tried to do for you guys this week is make my picks a little bit more concise I know we have a lot of games but I'm trying to keep the number of suggestions that I have for you down okay so in terms of even like the running backs I really had to sacrifice a lot of guys that I thought were in a decent spot so if you're really really high on somebody and you don't hear me highlight them it's not the end of the world I just I don't want to be recommending the entire slate to everybody, so I tried to make it as concise as I can, so here we go. For quarterbacks, I think there's a couple ways you can go. Um, At the top, Russ Wilson, $6,700. I think he's in play and, you know, a cash game play for sure. Big Ben at $6,600 is a good play as well. I also like Andrew Luck at $6,400. 
And then Dak Prescott in play at $5,500. I really like that. And then Derek Carr at $5,400. Talked about Derek Carr a lot this week. So you guys know all the reasons why I like those guys. And I think that's where most of my quarterback play is going to be from. Unless I see something last minute. That, you know, my I've told you my lineup format on, on DraftKings. And that's what I'm rolling with. So for the running backs... Um, I'm going to do like a high, medium, low type thing for you, maybe. How's that? Can we do that? So let's go with, uh, in the high section, Barkley, $9,400. Told you, he seems to be, you know, game-proof, foolproof, whatever. So $9,400. And you could also pay up for Elliott. We talked about last week how paying up at the running back position has been very profitable this year for a lot of folks. So we want to keep doing that. Elliott at $9,000. And then Fournette at $7,500 we like. And then from there, I'm going to say Connor is $7,400 if he plays. But he may not play. So you got Samuels at $5,200. you got to monitor that. Maybe plug in Connor first. Because that way you could account for the salary, right? Plug in Connor first. But then just look at it up until the last minute. And if he doesn't play, swap out for Samuels. That's how you cover that. Um, I do think Dalvin Cook moving on to like the medium section is a really good play at $6,500. I'll take that. Tariq Cohen at $6,300 is a good play too. And then Joe Mixon at $6,100. And then I will have some Chris Carson at $5,600. I'm looking at those guys in the medium range right there. And then at the bottom range for the running backs, um, I think you can take a look at Derrick Henry at $5,000. That's very good value. I know a lot of people are infatuated with what he did last week. It's not going to play like that again this week, but $5,000 is still really good value for him. I think he can return that. And I told you why I like Ito Smith over Tevin Coleman this week. So at $3,700, I'll be taking some stabs at him. And then Zach Zinner is down there too at $3,500. That's the last running back I'll recommend. I think that you can take a look at him too because you may end up needing that salary saver. All right, on to wide receiver where I'll open up the options just a little bit more for us here. So um, a wide receiver at the top, I've got Antonio Brown at $8,500. Contrarian, he's not in a great spot. People will be scared off, but we shouldn't be. So he's a great GPP tournament pick. I like Juju Smith-Schuster at $8,000, but only as a GPP tournament pick. But Devontae Adams for sure, even in cash, $7,900. I like Diggs at $7,600, excuse me. And you can also play Amari Cooper at $7,500. Um, Julian Edelman's at play at $7,200. And then Tyler Lockett at $6,200 is in play. Then we move down to Tyler Boyd. I really like him at $5,700. And Tiger Bombers, I feel like I'll have to use him a lot just to sort of, you know, fit in things money-wise and stuff like that, as well as this next guy, Allen Robinson at $5,500. Cobb is in play at $4,400, along with Sterling Shepard at $4,400. And then Robert Foster, if you need to reach, he's at $4,300, and Tyler Gabriel is at $4,200. That's about as low as I'm willing to go this week. Moving on to tight ends, just a few guys for you. Try to truncate, you know, my choices here for you as well. And so what we got for you is simple. At the top, Eric Ebron, $5,900. I'll pass on everything above him. I'll take Ebron right there. I know I've been saying Ertz, and uh, for for daily fantasy purposes, I want to live in this range. So I just stick with Ebron at $5,900. I like Gronk at $5,800. That's good value. And then Jerry Cook at $5,600 as well. And then Cameron Brait, I'll use him a lot at $4,000. 
And if you really need a salary saver, Vernon Davis at $3,200. You could do worse, right? Um, and then finally, moving on to defense, I'm going to give you a few options here. Uh, at the top, the Jags, $3,400. The Jag- Jacksonville Jaguars in a very good spot. It's one of those games where they could have like a defensive score, right? That's why we really like them. Um, the Vikings at $3,100 are also in a really good spot. So I may pay down from the Jags and play the Vikings, perhaps. But the Ravens also at 3000 Now from there, the sub-3000 the sub plays. And these are the important ones to help you fit in some of those really good lineups. So pay attention. Um, the Bills at $2,800 are in a really, really good spot. So you could think about playing them as well this week. I think I like that a lot. Um, also, this week for defense, you could play the Falcons at $2,700. We've been talking about them, so you know that that's not a liability this week. The Giants at $2,600, and then I'll go as low as the Redskins at $2,400. Those are my DFS fantasy picks for that Sunday main slate right there. So good luck to you guys, and I hope it works out for you. And like I mentioned, hit me on Twitter at the process TBSAE. Uh, if you need you know any last minute suggestions or anything like that you guys know i'm always game for that but good luck tiger bombers so that is it tiger bombers hopefully you've enjoyed this week 15 episode of the process uh, and i hope you feel ready for all the action i know i am i'm excited i'm gonna go catch these games that are going on right now and see what's going on don't forget y'all you can find us all over the place i'm on facebook check out our the process page links to the podcast there for you too everything you need right there hit me up on twitter on sunday let's hash it out at the process tbsae let me know how your lineup is looking and you can check out everything over at our website too www.tigerbombsae.com and just click on the process page to go right up to the um to the podcast and check out everything else we got going on over at tiger bomb and of course You guys can find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and virtually everywhere that you listen to your podcast. So don't forget to like it or subscribe. Now go set some lineups and good luck to this week, Tiger Bombers.